And welcome back, folks, to this kickoff of Season 3 of The Scuttle. Uh, before we get into too many uh, talking points here, just a few disclaimers up front. Uh, first off, the I will be keeping COVID predictions to a minimum. Uh, honestly, this whole COVID thing has been, I think, a pretty unpredictable ride for all of us. And the la- I've been listening to a lot of sports pods, and it kind of drives me nuts when people who have no idea what they're talking about are just kind of spouting off. Uh, it'll definitely creep into the analysis at points. It's hard not to, but uh, we will promise to keep COVID talks to a minimum and keep it as much fantasy football and football talk as possible. Uh, also, to quick disclaimer, uh, the implications of COVID are far-reaching, so whenever we say, man, this really sucks for fantasy, we understand that uh, this is from a tiny perspective of fantasy football. There are far more violent and dramatic and heartbreaking impacts of COVID, uh, so this is only scoped to fantasy football, is what we say those things. So, uh, And last, wear your mask. And on to the final po- Season 3 kickoff, and I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I know we're breaking tradition here, but I feel like it is... Uh, do given Ian stepping up to co-hosting roles on the scuttle and I can't be more excited to have you here Ian how you doing how's it going great my man it feels I'm gonna be honest it was uh I you know I'd kind of been this the content train had settled down for a while and you know prepping for this I forgot how much I look forward to these sorts of things so it, it's great to be here again my man season three yeah yeah I haven't really done much fantasy research at all to be honest um we were talking before this just renewed my fantasy football membership site completely forgot the name of it didn't even i mean it's been on like such a far back end of my brain sports in general um that you know the fantasy football it's here and uh i'm excited to talk about it It, like i almost need to get in this zone again because when i'm in it (laughs) we've talked about it before it's unhealthy it's like you dude you pot it you read about it like my lunch break is it like on the way home i'm thinking what if like you know let's digest the information i just listened to and um you know i almost just need to like physically move myself to that side of my life um and i think this is a really good kickstart i agree there is like uh it's funny you say that so we'll get into this but my girlfriend has been with me the past three weeks and she heard i was doing a pod and she kind of has she now has seen me going through two years of this so she kind of understands the mental uh stamina it takes and what i'm embarking on by this first pod and yeah i feel you man like it's obviously thrilling to get back but a part of you knows like you're about to enter an unhealthy space for the next six months so. i just i can't fucking wait <laughs> that's the damn truth <laughs> bring on the battle i'm refreshed like the scars have healed like everything is settled and i will say like this is a good analogy i just thought of is like for football for me it's like when I was trying to approach like Christmas or my birthday as a kid, like I tried to forget about it as much as I could. Cause I just wanted it to be here. And if like you forget about it, then it just like pops up. Like I haven't really been digesting a lot of like football content or anything. I just wanted to be here. Um, even this is almost a little too early, but I just want some football. Like I'm starting to see rumblings of training camp and I'm already getting excited. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's so true that like, I, you do, I feel the same way where you honestly do put up some sort of mental barrier of like, okay, I, you guys, cause you just don't want to like open that part of yourself up. Uh, it's kind of like the movie Man on Fire at Denzel Washington where he was like an assassin and he turned the corner on in that life and then he has to like go back to that shit again. And it's just like, you know, I, uh, it feels great. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. 
But before we get into all of the fantasy football or lack thereof of research we've done up to this point, uh, how have you been personally, my man? I feel like, you know, Pacific Northwest now, like, kind of kind of been a crazy time around there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, doing well. Um, like, not too much COVID talk, but, you know, Jill and I both still have our jobs, so really Great. fortunate for that. Um, and, you know, just unexpected, obviously. So, riding the wave, um, I would be lying if I said it wasn't tough, especially, we, you know, I moved across the country <laughs> 36 yeah. hours away, um, all just to have to quarantine basically then for Jill and I just primarily by ourselves, you know, we don't really have friends out here because we just moved here. Wow. So we have a few friends, you know, but we maybe see the same one or two people and it's been that way for about five months. So, wow. um, you know, that part of it, definitely, it's pretty much Jill and I against the world out here. So um, sometimes that can be negative because I see a lot of people hanging out in Ohio. And it's like, man, you know, just one day to hang out with my friends in person would be cool. But at the end of the day, you know, then I hop out on the weekends and uh, and just the nature out here is just so, so amazing um, that it, it does make it worth it. Jill and I went tubing last weekend and uh, we were in the Snoqualmie River and it's just like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, we're tubing. Like, yeah, this would be awesome. And then, like, I forgot that we're in the Northwest. Like, we're, like, tubing next to a mountain, and there's actual rapids that we're going down with these tubes. Oh, boy. So, like, I was just like, holy shit. So we had a few <laughs> people fall off along the way, and, like, I was the navigator. And it was just – it was a lot of fun. I was towing basically three other tubes behind me. Um, and then I had uh, me and a friend up front with, like, an oar in these tubes and we were actually having to like navigate ourselves through the water all while slugging as many beers as possible. So it was a really good time. Um, and stuff like that just kind of makes up for, we hiked a bunch the weekend before too. So everyone's just getting outside here cause it's so nice. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you can't, it's really hard to pop by and get a beer after like we have, there's a few breweries with like outside seating and places yeah. that do it right. So it's kind of navigating that shit as well. But the city of Seattle itself, we moved North, um, up to Mill Creek, which is like a suburb. It'd be like moving to Dublin um, if okay. you lived in Columbus. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, it, it's just things are a little bit more spread out here. We went to the city um, on Sunday, and everything's pretty much closed. Yeah. So yeah. it's still like everything is just closed down. But, you know, we're riding the times, and thank God for the Internet. I don't know what people do pre-Internet era if this happened. I, I feel you. I Honestly, I'm curious – so my rabbit hole of choice the past, I'd say, month has been watching 2018 FIFA World Cup highlights. I've just been going through the whole narrative of the 2018 World Cup. I don't really know how I got into it, but it's like my new rabbit hole. I love that there are so many good games. I'd highly recommend, uh, I know that we want to keep the soccer talk probably to less of a amount than COVID talk, but... Uh, any soccer fans out there, it is a delightful. I they're little twelve minutes, great for in between breaks. Um, how about you? What's been your like rabbit hole internet of internet debacle? Well, who who did France play in the final? Uh, Belgium. Yeah, oh, that's right. That World Cup was amazing. It France, was amazing. You, you know, I've always had a hard on for France for some reason in soccer. And <laughs> watching them win is just like. It's awesome, and I will say even uh, – so I guess a few of my rabbit holes. One, just in absurd amount of video games. Like, <laughs> definitely unhealthy, like definitely disgust, like holy shit, I need to stop playing so many video games. Uh, 
but FIFA has been one of the rabbit holes. I'm up to Division One, um, so back up, you know, to the realm. Uh, France is my team. They're just they're balling. Um, you scored an incredible of- goal with Jisong Park, though. I know folks will not be able to understand the impact or the visual of that goal you sent me on Snapchat, but holy shit, that was like. I a- got. I'll send you a few more clips from time to time. I start. Yeah, I've been practicing the like the sidestep to rainbow combo, and it's <laughs> been. Uh, kids just quit after, and it's great. Uh, and then the other one is uh, a lot of Call of Duty, uh, yeah. another rabbit hole. Just also, I mean, we have a whole crew. You're not in this group text, but every day it's like, let's get dubs. And it's just like now for five months, been the same thing. Um, and other rabbit holes would be investing. Um, Ooh, just, hey, a little trading. I've been reading a ton and just like learning more about. And then I get the two fucking finance questions wrong that Tom had in his trivia. Ah, uh, um, brutal. But uh, yeah, wait, where were you for that? I, uh, well, yes, I was going to go, I, no fun here, I got pulled into, for any software folks, we had a Sev1 emergency that night. I can attest to it, Gertz slacked, Gertz emailed me, or sent me a message, and I was still on call, I was pretty much on call all night, uh, Monday night. Uh, well, that is definitely a bummer. It sucked, yeah, it really sucked, but I heard it was great, Gertz said it was a good time. Uh, I'll give some feedback a little bit, but mm. before I get off the, the rabbit holes, um, the, yeah, the, the other one's just really, uh, I've, I've read so much about like the stock market, not really as much about certain companies. Obviously I'm following and investing in a lot of them, but more so just like learning about like trends and how everything is kind of like correlated together. And there's a lot of really good shit on Twitter that I go down like our rabbit holes on Twitter. Just reading, they could they call it FinTwit, it's financial Twitter. Sure. And I'll literally just search that hashtag and like look through the most talked about things. And they just talk about like where the S and P and the Dow is like over time, what's going on now, and learning why these things are changing or why people think it's changing. And it's fucking, it, it's definitely really interesting or something that I like. Interesting. Okay, I dig it. Uh, so FinTwit, I uh, I kind of like the name. I, I dig the name. So uh, you said you had some feedback too for Tom's trivia. I mean, I, I play trivia with Tom every week. Um, I send an invite to a few people in the league. Just I just play with my parents and um, a few friends as well. And Tom joins, and Tom just wrecks house. Like he's he's really good at it. Uh, and I think that it got a little bit too exact in that trivia. Oh, um, he, t- he took like a lot of concepts from the one that we we do, which was awesome. Like it was definitely a really good first go. Like that's the one thing is like it was the first time. Like every time you do it, it's gonna get better. Even with this pod, like we get better and better as you do it. Like I don't expect it to be great the first time, but the whole movie round was fucking anime, and I like no one knows what that shit is. <laughs> like oh. he did it for you. He did it for you. But I will say, Tom, it really was actually really good trivia, minus the the movie portion. But like the one that we do, the movie section's almost too easy some of the times, okay. and this was just like on the other end of it. Gotcha, man. But, like the concepts were really interesting, um, and I think it's definitely something that like I would definitely be into doing, um, knowing if it has like maybe a little bit more sports um, and stuff like that as well. Well, yeah, yeah first... it, was, it really was a good time. I was just in a shit mood because we were getting stomp kicked after apparently Dan knows everything in the anime. Um, ah, I love that. Dan, we should talk. So... I've, I'm bummed I missed it. I've been, the anime has been another 20, 2020 theme for me. 
uh, I'm burning through them. I did Attack on Titan. I'm doing Hunter x Hunter right now. I think Death Note's up next. Uh, I really love it. I love anime. I gotta be honest. Two things. Two things. Why do you like it so much? I'm just curious. And second of all, where do you like? How do you know what's a good anime show? Do you like Google shit? Ian, you you. I could. Okay, so the the first thing I love about anime, number one, strategy is like a major component to every show. Like that. Like they have like several minute discussions around strategy, which I just like fucking love. I just think it's so cool. Like they, it's definitely very Japanese and that it's very thoughtful and detail-oriented, the storytelling. Uh, and I just think it's, like, awesome. And the second thing is I think that uh, it's usually, like, pretty, like, also very, like, uh, at least the anime I like is is usually, like, steeped in, like, pretty philosophical, like, what's the meaning of life? What do you value? What do you not value? How do you try and live that out? Um, so it's like, you get, like, your action shit, and then you also get, like, some food for thought, too. So, between those two aspects, I, uh, really like. And, like, finding animes, like, that people really like are not hard. Like, you get on any Reddit, just type in anime, and they'll, they literally have threads of, like, anime for people who are brand new. Anime, if you like this sort of anime, check out this one. Like, it's, it's... Do you have to read subtitles the whole time? So some certain ones are dubbed, certain ones aren't. Uh, Attack on Titan, I did dubbed, which I, I've never. I always watch like even when I'm watching movies in English, I usually have subtitles, so that doesn't really bother me. But like Hunter x Hunter is not. They already have. They have like an English dub, so uh, I'll go back and forth. I really don't have any preference either way on it. So if you had to recommend one for someone to start watching one, which one would it be? I really like Attack on Titan. Uh, it's short. It's so it's it's and it's currently ongoing and it's short. So there's only three seasons. They're 22 minutes, a, you know, and there's like 20 episodes a season. You can burn through them. They're on Adult Swim and Netflix too. Um, and the fourth season was supposed to start up here. The fourth and final season actually. So uh, it could be fun. I've heard like I haven't. I was kind. I haven't been a part of an anime while it's going on. So I'm kind of looking forward to that for season four. So if the community aspect of TV watching appeals to you. Uh, check it out but i don't want to get too much into the anime world i'm sure half of the at least half the league is like jesus christ so we will, <laughs> i opened up the can of worms <laughs> we will we will move on from anime talk and get to the the real steak and potatoes of this pod um unless you had any other last thoughts on just your personal life you wanted to share with the league before we get into draft location discussion no, not really. I think I've just been really enjoying some of these COD dubs. I know it's just we, our, our league, we're, we're grinders. We're out there uh, every day trying to get better at the game. Uh, <laughs> we just get stomped. So <laughs> it's, it's been a lot of fun, though. It's just been a lot of fun shooting the shit. Is Gertz still a glue guy, or is there has there been any team dynamic changes recently? Gertz is on the up and up, man. He's doing a lot of video review, watching Nick Merck streaming. Um, you know, that's a main crush of his. Uh He's only like five six. He's not really. He's like five nine, but he looks short as shit. Um, <laughs> and you know, just he's been playing a lot recently. Uh, he said that he got a new TV and a new internet connection, which he said has changed the game for him. So great. I think once he got like a new internet connection, he just like got hooked. Great. So he's he's on the up and up. Anyone on the down and down? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I can't speak to that. Okay, fair enough. You can't. I really no. I really don't think so. I think everyone. Bill, it's so funny. Like it, our league is a perfect reflection of Call of Duty because like, <laughs> Bill is all 
on the game, but he'll never be playing the game that we're playing. He does this little side thing that's like a special operations game. It's actually a lot of fun, but it's like, like if we're at a party or something, it's like Bill's always like doing something else, like playing with something else. Well, whatever everyone else is doing, like Bill is like has one other person over there just fucking around doing something else. <laughs> Uh, which I always I think it's funny, but yeah, Bill plays with us. Like a lot of people get on and play. Um, and we 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 played poker in the beginning of uh, of quarantine, and then I just started playing a bunch. And I played for like a few days straight. Uh, and I was like, I can't do this. Like I I, I can't have gambling at my fingertips. I just can't yeah. do it. That's so I won a lot, lost a lot, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Yeah. Hey, you gotta gotta protect your mental health on that one. Well. Great to hear you guys are still grinding, getting dubs, and uh, getting better every day. That's what it's about. Uh, so now on to a more somber talking note, but something that does need to be discussed. I have some news to share. I reached out to our uh, uh, tenant, so I will provide information there. Um, the Airbnb definitely COVID. You know, it's pretty much impossible to discuss this without talking about COVID. Real bummer. Uh, Ian, before I get into what the tenant said, what are your initial like high level thoughts on how we should be thinking about San Diego? Uh, yeah, let's hear the tenant first. Okay, so here's here's where we're at. Uh, so Carmi said, "Hello, Alec. I hope you and your family are all safe and good health." They, these people are really good. She's been she literally responded uh, within like twelve hours. So. Uh, as we uphold the cancellation policy given by Airbnb, we also made it flexible as possible to accommodate such unprecedented changes. We can offer you a modification with no change fee at this time. You can reschedule your trip to further dates of choice. Should you wish to cancel, please check the cancellation policy of Airbnb. So, it doesn't really help us too much. We're essentially in the zone of... So, we are essentially in the... Uh, 50% refund, essentially, zone. So, uh, and that's up to seven days before. So we have seven days up to before, and if we don't cancel, if we don't cancel within those seven days, if we cancel essentially within less than seven days, uh, the nights spent are not refunded. So, we, Sorry, I missed the first part. We can still go if we'd like. Is that what you said? What was that? I'm sorry? We can still go if we want to, right? Oh, yeah, we can still go, but I'm just saying that if we choose not to go... Yeah, we're only getting half our money back. Yes, exactly. So everyone Damn. would... Everyone would essentially be out 200 bucks and whatever you spent on flights. Jesus Christ. Ugh, this shit sucks. Um, all right, well... No, I mean, yeah, my thoughts for this shit sucks. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's just, it's not fun. And I mean, my brother's trying to plan a wedding to this too. The whole thing is just a nightmare. Um, I think, you know, if we do go, we just need to all be on the same page before we go about how everyone feels about COVID. Like, I actually think that needs to be a conversation that happens within our group. Because I don't, if we do go, I don't want to get there and just hear people bitching about disagreeing. Yeah. Um, and it's a great point. if there are people who disagree to have some sort of like verbal agreement between them that it will not be discussed, this is what I'll do. Are you okay with that? If not, one of us isn't going type thing. Cause 
we're not going there to have a political debate. We're going there to have a good time with friends and talk about football and drink. So I agree. If that can't be achieved, I personally would rather just not spend two hundred dollars or just I'll back out. Like it's really no hard feelings. I just I I also know that I'm willing to not talk about it, but I know that you know. If, if we can't avoid it, it's probably not worth it for our friend group anyways because this is a pretty charged time. So that's that's where I'm at is that um, I just think that you just wear your damn mask. Uh, and, you know, I think that we can reasonably go if you're feeling okay. You know, I think pe- people should take their temperatures before they come on and or go out and uh, – just you know do this little things that really don't take any effort and then once we're there we're there we're you know we're probably not going to be going out too much anyways especially given where california is going right now um yeah i don't know how many people most people live on the east coast and i have seen a lot of stuff where it's pretty lackadaisical over there um i know in california and washington it is just much more locked down so yeah you're not really getting much and most restaurants will be just carry out and even if you have a, a dinner reservation, you can't have more than like six people. Yeah. So I just want to set the tone of what we'd be doing. Like if we even go, it'll be a, a hunker down. Let's have a good time and drink and hang out. But it's like, fuck, we're on the beach. Like, I don't know. I still kind of want to go. So that's that's my thoughts. What about you? Yeah, I feel similarly. I think that you bring up an absolutely vital point that I do think it's important that we're all on the same page and we all have the same expectations of like, like you said, like, the chances... I mean, we don't really go out that much anyway. Um, so I don't think that's been an issue. But like you said, like, we probably won't have, like, a big group dinner. We probably won't be, like you said, going out and pushing it up at bars. Like, the days will look a lot like going to the beach during the day, coming back, making food on the grill, and playing, like, poker and Super Smash and talking shit. It's going to be more family vacation style, yes. the way I put it. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't... You know, everything I... What I would say is the one really promising note is that it seems to be... Again, obviously, these things are so subject to change, but everything I've read about the county is that it does seem likely that the beaches will be open. Um, just, like, a, adhering to social distancing in some capacity, so I don't know what exactly, you know, that looks like, but they do... It does seem to be from the local officials there that they they do intent on keeping the beach open. So that's kind of—is there a world, Ian, in which, like, let's say San Diego has something where, like, they are on, you know, back to the lockdown in March and April where it's like, can't go to the beach, can't go anywhere, you're in the house. Do you still want to go? Probably not. Okay. Because— yeah, we could still get 200 bucks back and just, I would like to see a lot of people, I guess, but t- to me, I, see, I'm again, I'm by myself out here. So if I get COVID, I, it's so easy for like, it wouldn't be good. Obviously I'm going to do everything I can to prevent it, but it's like, right. I, I'd be okay. Cause I don't, I don't really see my family out here. I don't have anyone I come in contact with that's at risk. So that's really just more for other people to decide for themselves. But yeah. for me, like, I just don't know if I really want to go to a, get on a plane, get, you know, do all that, take all the time. Yeah, that's really not that much time off, but just to go to a house. But I think I just want to cross that bridge when we get there. If the okay. beaches are open, for me, it's a full send. I'm ready to go. I agree. Okay. But the other thing to remember before we jump off this, I know, but just consider it's kind of an all or nothing deal because the only thing is that, <clears throat> say two or three people don't want to go, who's, who's making up that extra money? 
Well, this um, that precedent has been set before, though. Like we did, we did say that. I, oh, it was with me actually. Yes, I had to in, back out. Yeah, so we did. Essentially, the rule we come into is that if you personally want to opt out, you have to lose. The league will cover half of your reimbursement, and then you get to keep half. So essentially, if we go, you would get two hundred bucks back, and then that other two hundred bucks lost would essentially I would send out a Venmo request to the other 10 owners at that point for 20 bucks, essentially. So yeah, we, and so, so we just have to make sure that we know how many people aren't going to go and then quantify that yeah. to then spread to the other group because that number could get pretty big depending on how many people back out. You're so. absolutely right, and, and I think that that's a great point too where if, like, if four people back out at that point, does it just make sense to just cancel the whole thing? You know, and that's like, we can kind of run the numbers. We're all smart guys, so I'm not too concerned about that, but yes, like, there is a point in which it probably, if, you know, we have four or five dudes back out, which again, like there is no pressure if like, you're just like, fuck this noise. I don't want to put up with this right now. I get it. Uh, but yes, you're right. That is like a consideration we'll have to consider. Yep. That's where I'm at. I think this shit sucks, but let's just get through it. Yeah. Uh, I'm all, I, I'm pretty much on the exact same wavelength as you, Ian. So I, if the beach is open in any capacity, in any capacity, like if, even if you have to wear a mask or if you have to like remain, I, I, the Airbnb is pretty dope and the location is pretty sick. And if we can get to a beach, I think that it is a, an absolute, like, I still think it'd be fun. Even if like we, you know, couldn't go out to anywhere else, you know? Uh, yeah, I haven't used any vacation, so I still want to see if we can get a backpacking trip through national forest going too. Yeah. Um, somewhere in california or, in, or like somewhere in the pacific northwest as well so i'm all for using the vacation um haven't used any in 2020 which is sad it's august need a, need a break so yeah dude yeah. whatever i can do um i'll be there if i can yeah so denny folks i think uh when i release this pod i'll probably put a note uh and just kind of recap what we talked about in here. Um, and I think you're right, Ian. I think a group Zoom chat uh, to get everyone aligned. Um, and just to make sure, yeah, like you said, just get everyone in agreement on how we want to approach this, what we're thinking. Um, and we still do probably need to come up with a contingency plan just in case uh, as well. And I don't, I, contingency planning, I don't know how we want to play that. Uh, it's probably above both you and I to really like, unless you had any like killer ideas you wanted to share for a contingency plan. I haven't even thought about it. Okay. I like the honesty. Well, there we go. Uh, so now on to the fun stuff. I know it's, that's kind of a shitty topic, but one that we felt we had a duty to the league to cover. Uh, the, but now we get to the fun stuff. So NFL talk, here we go. Uh, so first off, Ian, I, I had been perusing, um, some over-unders, and I know you have as well. You're the degenerate gambler, I'd say, of our group at this point. Um, so I'm curious if you've had a chance to peruse them yet, if there's any ones that are really speaking to you. I certainly have a few that are speaking to me as well, uh, but kind of wanted to hear your initial, uh, what you were liking about the over-unders this year. The degenerate gambler of the league. That is an earned title. But <laughs> I'm hoping to scale that back this <laughs> this year. Uh, you know, oh, the, I'll end with the Super Bowl just burned me. <laughs> I, I had, dude. I don't know if I've talked about this spot before, but at, like that actually ruined my like 
love for NFL gambling that that game. It was wow. that bad. I just I had the 49ers on a it was either a plus 10 or a plus 13 spread or minus 10, sorry. Oh. And they were up 14 and my spread was minus 13 and I was like, "Oh my." And I had them money online. So I was like in my head, I'm cuz I basically hedged it. Right. And I was like, man, I'm guaranteed to win my money line, which made me even. And then if I hit that plus minus 13 bet, I was going to rake. And I was in my head. And so, like, it never was a thought that they were going to lose that game, which is, again, just dumb because it's Patrick Mahomes. I saw what he did against Houston. So, uh, okay. Anyways, (laughs) that's where I just, that is, that's like a scar that will never heal that game. (laughs) Um, That just, that game sucked ass. Um, but yeah, I, I did look around a little bit at some of these over unders. I took them from CBS. Um, I don't know. Do you have the list in front of you? I do. Yep. So my list has the Jags as the lowest at four and a half. Is that what you have? That is exactly what I have. All right, cool. So I, that kind of shocked me, actually. Uh, I'm curious. First off, just to talk about the bottom half of the league. Do you think this looks right? You know, excellent question, Ian. I was surprised by four and a half. Like, it seems like there's a lot of, like, I'm feeling like, I mean, certainly there are going to be teams that have, like, less than four wins. Less, I mean, after four and a half, you have the Redskins at five and a half. You have the Panthers at five and a half. There's just, like, there's going to be shittier teams out there than uh, what is currently indicated by the over-unders. So it's been, like, when I took my first glance at this, I'm like, man, there's no, there, there's always a two and fourteen, three and thirteen teams out there, and I'm just like, where, where can I find that team? You know, I, I, I was stunned with how high the the basement of the over unders were. Was my was like my high level original take. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I, I thought it was really interesting, and I think that some of these teams that are a little higher up in my opinion, should be moved a little bit farther down. Uh, the first one that speaks out to me is the Denver Broncos at seven and a half. Who's I, their fucking quarterback again? Uh, <laughs> Drew Locke, it's dog. Drew Locke, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, uh, I don't know about him. I don't know. That, it's so fun. That was also one I starred. The Denver Broncos at seven and a half is insane to me. Like, and then I I also think you have to consider, like, I'm, I'm always surprised when, like, okay, you have, uh, that over under and then you think they're in the AFC West right and so it's like you know they have two losses against the Chiefs all day and then do you really think like I mean the Chargers lost Phillip Rivers but like I still think Tyrod Taylor is legitimate like I I think at best they are splitting with the Raiders and the Chargers right I yeah I would agree so like now it's like now they need six non-conference wins and that, that means they got to go fucking like six and what is that so they play six so they have to go six and four against non-conference and that just feels just doesn't feel right to me like it does not feel that they are better than half of the league at that point you know yeah i completely agree um it yeah with all the change too i don't know yeah and i just don't know i just i don't know and like honestly i don't know uh how much faith I have in uh, Vic Fangio. I mean, he, I like, I am always hesitant of 
with the way the league is, it's super like offense wins at this point. Like it's the offensive masterminds that are doing the, you know, that are making the moves. And Fangio is a, a, a coordinator and he was a D coordinator. And those guys usually kind of have, you know, defense always kind of comes back to the mean. And yeah, I actually, if it's so funny you said that. I'm not just saying, I mean, we didn't t- tee this up. The Broncos were in my, uh, they were one of two teams that I was just like, really? We think they're going to be that good. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, they were. They were one of my two. Um, one, I'm sorry. Just I'm, I'm picking up a uh, delivery. Hello. Yeah, and so for folks, Ian prepped this beforehand. He is getting some Tito's and wine uh, delivered. So that 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 is the break here. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I just the Broncos for me don't don't speak to me. I honestly think that's probably one of the worst over unders here. Um, they did get Melvin Gordon, but at this point, I don't know how much faith I have in, in Gordon. Um, defense, you know, they have some defensive pieces. Like, you know, obviously they have Von Miller. They have Nick, Ch- not Chubb, who, Bradley Chubb on the other end. So they have a good edge rush. But yeah, six and a, seven and a half just seems extraordinarily high for, for a Broncos team that has enormous questions at quarterback. Um, and as a co- head coaching staff too. So that is my read. Ian, are you back from your alcohol order? Almost. My ID isn't scanning for some reason. Ah, hate hate that. Um, so the other the other team. There's a few other interesting lower over unders uh, that I wanted to call out. Uh, one of these. This wasn't in my two, but I wanted to save my second one. But the other one that I it hurt to say even aloud, but. Uh, the Bears at eight wins just seems to be. Uh, I won't bet on it, but I am very skeptical about the Bears this year. Uh, I'm just not a Nagy fan. I think the defense is. I think this is kind of like one of those. I think there's going to be a lot of inner turmoil between Trubisky and Nick Foles. And is Nick Foles good? Is you know if Nick Foles wins the starting job and is bad, are they going to go back to Drubitsky? There's a lot of people who put a lot of you know. I mean, they literally traded up, as everyone knows, to get him. Um, so yeah, eight wins for the Bears. I just don't know. Like again, I don't think the NFC North is particularly strong. So that's like the what they, the reason they weren't in my bottom two is there's a world where I think they could, you know, split across all three teams, and they only need five more wins. Uh, you know, and they they could eke it out, but the Bears. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry. You're good. You're good. Did your ID get scanned? It like wouldn't scan, so she had to like sit there and like follow it manually. And since I'm in Washington, the Ohio IDs are like confusing. Um, so anyway. it was just hard for her to find it. So, anyways, I'm back. I was semi listening. I was um, just going on a Bears spiel. They weren't in my bottom two. What, oh, Bears, Bears. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a take on that too. I was actually going to talk about that one too. Uh, this one's tough. I, I just, I love the Bears. I'm not going to bet it, but gosh dang, eight wins just seems really tough for me. I'm curious to look at the Mitch Trubisky over-under numbers. Just, Ooh. like, where he sits at, like, passing yards, touchdowns. I think he's going to regress so far this year. I think it's so hard to be a good third-year quarterback. Is he third or fourth now? Uh, um, this is his fourth, yeah. Oh, is that right? I don't, yeah, this it's is just cool. like there's this like weird trajectory point which happens for almost every quarterback where it's like at the third year either you and maybe even the fourth year they either take off or they regress like they almost never stay where they're at and Trubisky just seems to me like one of those guys that's going to continue to be figured out by the D coordinators 
and he's almost going to be a boring snooze to most defensive coordinators this year, where he's just almost too easy. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I I really tend to agree with you, and I, uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough year, tough year for the Bears, I think. Like I said, I'm still holding out hope, but this year... I just, I think honestly, a lot of my fatigue just comes with Nagy. I was just really disappointed with how he handled last year. I didn't like his interviews, and uh, I just feel like if you don't have a real good leader as your head coach, it's really hard to to be like a, a good team. So, but anyway, I'm curious, Ian. Were there any other? I have one more, like kind of like one I really liked is an under, um, but I'm curious if you had one more you wanted to speak on that you were like, Ugh, that seems way too high. Um, for, for me, I think the big one, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the Bengals over five. Ooh. I, I really do. I like the Bengals over five. And I think the Steelers at nine is insane to me. I don't know. Ooh. I, okay. Both of those teams to me have kind of question marks on why there's, I know why the Bengals are so low and I'm a Joe Burrow homer. I just one of those personal things. But for the Steelers, do you like so the Browns are adding to their arsenal? Not saying they're a Super Bowl contending team, but they're not a rollover anymore. That's fair. Back. The Ravens are the number one team on this over under list, and rightfully so, along with the Chiefs. Yep. And then you have the Bengals who are starting to add a few more weapons as well. And if A.J. Green can be healthy, that's a totally different football team. So, nine with the Steelers, who have a fat-ass quarterback (laughs) who just came off this injury, who don't have A.B., who, I don't know, it's just like, it seems like there's a lot going against them. Mm. And they do have a good kind of organization, but to be that high to me seems a little off. I'd more put them in the seven and a half or eight. Interesting. Okay, so for me, I actually, so I wouldn't have take the Steelers on the over on that, but that's a hard stay away for me. Uh, I'm actually a little bit higher, I think, on the Steelers. Like, again, like I wouldn't lay them over on nine. I do think that's probably a half game too high, but... Uh, yeah, I just here's my thing. Like the Steelers went eight and eight with Duck Hodges last year. Like, the, like it's it yeah, seems they find a way to win games. They do, they like, do. and it's like it's hard for me to like just write them off if like you know. And again, like you're right. Like Big Ben and his elbow. Who the hell knows? But what's interesting is they didn't go get a quarterback. They still have their same backup. So to me, it's like. They either A, are like, okay, whatever, we'll, we'll make do with Duck if Ben gets injured. Or like, hey, last year was kind of a freak thing for Ben. It happens. Like, we're ready to lock and reload. So, I don't know. I actually think that the Steelers, uh, here's a free nugget for folks, and, I, and this isn't bullshit. I, uh, I like a lot of Steelers players for fantasy purposes for that reason. I think that they wing the ball around, too. Like, when, when Ben's they around, Dan, they, they throw. Uh and they're always they always just they just don't they don't have a they spread it around but they don't have a um, spread it to a lot of people they really don't like they have very specific weapons they're not a team that even like as deep as like the Rams who really just have a ton of people involved like yes the Steelers are someone who get a lot of yards they have the ball a lot and they really only have like two really good offensive producers maybe outside of James Conner. 
Yeah, and so yeah, I yeah I, I see like the thing, but I actually I actually like uh, the Steelers perhaps more uh, than other folks. Uh, so interesting. The, I, I, we can move on, but the last one I have is the Cardinals at seven. I think they're going to hit that over. I think. Mm, yeah. I, I like. I think it, it's it's a good bet in my mind. I think Kyler Murray in my mind has. If he's going to go up or if he's going to go down this year in terms of performance, I think he's going to go way up with D-Hop um, and kind of just – who? why am I blanking on who their running back is? It's not just Chase Edmonds. Kenny and Drake. That's right. And he – that's right. He lit it up at the end of last year. I don't know why I was blanking on that. Um, so I, I think over seven on yeah. the Cardinals would be a pretty – I gotta, one as well. I gotta say, so the Cardinals, so I secretly watched more Cardinals games. The, the Cardinals, other than the Bears, were the team I watched the most without any fantasy implications, primarily because I'm short and Kyler's short and he has an, eno- <laughs> and he has an enormous helmet and he just looks hilarious. I love his <laughs> helmet. Is so big and he's so small and he just like is running back there. You just see his giant helmet. It looks like he has like the NFL blitz cheat like cheat code on and for like big helmets and he's just like winging the ball. He fucking darts it like he has an absolute cannon. Uh, I love Kyler. I love him to death. I think uh, I, I he throw like honestly. I it's interesting. Like y- you know you talked about Mahomes. Uh, and everyone talks all about the play where Mahomes dropped essentially like 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just chucked it to Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, and then and I got into a pretty heated argument with a buddy about like Mahomes is the only guy that can make that throw. And I think, I think Kyler's in that mix. I think he's the only other guy that can make that throw. Uh, and yeah, like again, there's some, there's some fantasy implications. I don't know. Like, they spread the ball around a lot. I don't know what that means for D-Hop. Uh, I always get nervous about RBs who get hot in the second half of the year, but there's also a ton to lot like, and I'm going to be rooting for the Cardinals. I don't think I'd put money on it, but I will definitely be rooting for them. 100%. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that you liked them that much. I'm a, um, I like the Cardinals. I'm a big Kyler fan. I like fan. Kyler Murray a lot, too, actually, for that exact reason. I think he's like a miniature Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he's a baseball player, too. And, and at the same time, he's just one of those guys that you don't hear a lot about, and I kind of like that. I agree. I like the guy that just kind of, like, focus on fucking football. And, like, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't, like, you know, behind closed doors, but... The media isn't roasting him. He's, he, I haven't seen a single word on Kyler since he entered the league. And to me, that's a good sign. It's a sign that you probably have someone who's focused like on the job at hand. I completely agree. And I'd also say, uh, I think what's interesting, a quote that I kind of keyed on early on is that, you know, the re- first off, I think Kingsbury's a good coach. Like, I, I actually, I was kind of, I was more skeptical of that signing at first because I thought Kingsbury was a bit of a, kind of like a, Fabergé egg. I thought he was an illusion, but they made some adjustments midway through the year and got better. Um, and Kyler said like he wasn't really able to make reads, which is really common in the NFL. Like it's hard to do. And he was like, "Yeah, I was kind of just going off feel." Which, if you watch, made sense. He was kind of, you know, helter skelter back there. But I think another year, and like you said, I do think he's diligent and I think he's disciplined. Um, and so yeah, like it wouldn't. I, 
Kyler's going also really high in drafts, which is really unfortunate because he would be. He was a good quarterback last year for fantasy, though. He was, but he's going. That's the thing is like he is going high, which sucks. Because uh, I wanted him when this league started out. I wanted him to be like my Mahomes twenty eighteen guy, but uh, I don't think that's going to be the case because he's going really high. But um, yeah, I, I I agree. I love I love I love Kyler to death. I wish them nothing but success. Uh. The only other thing I wanted to call out, and then we'll move on to, like, overrated folks. Uh, one thing I got to call out, and I know I did two NFC North teams, but the, the Lions uh, at six and a half just seem really high to me. Uh, really? So you know what's funny? Yeah. On this CBS thing, they say that the number one team that this model that's picked it for correct for so many years in a row, that the Lions at six and a half is the biggest difference from what this model came up with. This so, model has the Lions at 7.2, and the average was 6.5 in the over-under, and that was the largest disparity that this computer generated. Interesting. Wow. Okay, I mean, here's... I'm my, not saying it's right. I'm just saying, like, that was funny that you mentioned them because it's in this article. My analysis will go no deeper than this. I think Matt Patricia... Alex, you're the two-time champ. Let's hear What do you have? We, we value your opinion. Matt Patricia is a dipshit, and I have no faith that he can coach them to seven wins. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> it doesn't get any deeper than that, I, I have, but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I will say I love Stafford. I've always been a Stafford fan. I think when he's healthy, I think he's a really good quarterback who just got fucked by being with the Lions. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I see no, no way. I, I have no faith in the Lions getting to seven wins. But uh, we will see. We will see. This it, Matt Patricia is, like, my first coach on going to get fired. He's on my first, like, first-to-go list, I think, this year. Interesting. I'm actually very curious to see where that goes. Um, you could very well. I mean, it's it's the Lions. It's one of those teams that are there with the Browns where it just never goes their way. So it would not surprise me. Yeah. But anyway, that is over under. Any other last little tidbits on the over under you wanted to call out uh, before we no. head over to overrated players? Okay. Well, uh, always love over unders with you. So we're going to move on to our next section. Uh, this is right now, like mid to late. Like, mid-July is, like, the time, I feel, where you really start to hear about guys. You know, the training camp's been a little bit weird, but we're just starting to get into, like, oh, this guy's looking really good, or they plan to make him a major focal point of the offense. This is my favorite fantasy time. I love the bullshit that starts flowing from training camps. And, oh, have you seen this? Or Curtis Samuel's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I live for it. I love it so much. Uh, but in that vein, we want to get into folks that are just going too high right now. If we think we're going too high and if, or if we think they are not, or if we think they're not going high enough. So, uh, Ian, who's your first guy on that list? So number one on this website, but then also some of the other stuff I'm looking at. Number one here, which I thought was really interesting because I owned him last year is Alan Robinson. Oh, too high. So they think that, yeah, too high, overvalued. Ooh, I so love like the, Okay. So, like, the ADP does not reflect what they think that they're going to perform. Could you help folks? Uh, ADP, what is his ADP right now? So it's wide receiver 9. Okay. And this website has him at 12. So it's not that big of a gap, but really in fantasy football, when you're talking about 
three players when you're still in like the top twelve. That's kind of a big difference. Um, so why? So, yeah, wide receiver nine would that put him what at the end of the third round if you're doing a twelve team league? Uh, maybe around there. So yeah, kind of ended. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah, because most running backs are gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd put him somewhere around like end of the third. Yeah. But yep. 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 Three. Like in a twelve team. Yep. Third pick in the third round. Okay. Third pick in the third round in a twelve team league. Okay. Right around there. Interesting. So you, what are your thoughts on that? I thought it was interesting. I thought, because I'm also looking at the website that I subscribe to, and they also have Robinson as wide receiver 12. So my first question is, and this is my natural auditor self, where'd you get that nine number from? Because, <laughs> uh, like, like, it's ADP wide receiver nine. Like, is it an ESPN league? Like, yeah. where is this ADP wide receiver nine coming from? But outside of that, I do think he may be a more overvalued player. Um so I watched a lot of Bears this year because, I mean, Allen Robinson, because he was on my team, Allen Robinson is a fucking blast to watch. He's I mean, incredible. Like, I, he is so athletic. It's ridiculous. And what's crazy is I don't even know his height and weight, but he didn't look as big on the field as I thought he was supposed to be, if that makes sense. Yes, I, don't know, like, I completely the way I read agree. About him, he, they, like, talked about, like, the go up and get a receiver, the big guy, and, like, he looks like a normal fucking dude. He doesn't look like he's some like Martavis Bryant over the top type guy. Yeah, I would agree. And he's just like he plays on the outside and I just I feel like whenever you have a wide receiver who's good who plays on the outside, you always have like this Julio Jones. That's who I always think of. It's like six five, runs like a gazelle. And yeah, you're right. He's not a super physically imposing player. Like if you saw him at a bar, you'd be like, That's a big deal. Well what's crazy is he's the same height as Julio Jones. Yeah, but I, you, but that's what I'm saying. Like he just doesn't look like it on the field. I don't know. He no. just runs small. He, it's like, but but then you watch him do this crazy shit. And the one thing I'll say about the overvalue undervalue, Allen Robinson gets so many targets, and when he got targets, the Bears won a lot of the times. I remember yes. yelling at the screen because like went for a while, like every game Allen Robinson caught a touchdown, the Bears won, and I'm like, okay, well they're gonna keep going to him, but. I just don't know if you can target a receiver that much two years in a row. He was getting an absurd amount of targets, especially towards the end of the year. And I just – wide receiver nine is a freaking high praise, and I don't trust Trubisky that much to make someone a wide receiver nine. Yeah, but here – okay, so here's my thing. I think that's fair. But I – Allen Robinson, has his whole life played with shitty wide receiver – or quarterbacks – like, this, this guy had Blake Bortles throwing him the ball, like, and he still produced. Like, the guy produces no matter who's... I actually think that, like, I'd say... It's funny you bring this up. Like, if Allen Robinson fell to me, because I would be at the end of the third, if he fell to me at 312, I'd be thrilled. I would love Allen Robinson at 312. Uh, I Because I do feel like, as far as wide receivers, his... I don't think, like, his... his ceiling is capped because he has a shitty quarterback but i also think his basement is really high uh as opposed to someone perhaps like a kenny galladay uh who i'm just like less uh less into so i again like i don't think i'd put an early third rounder but if he fell to me at 312 i'm not bullshit i'd be pretty happy interesting Mm. yeah I, i i agree with that the way you frame it like that i'm also just looking at players who may be 
So, like, from ADP, from this website, I'm just looking at how it compares to ESPN and just asking you, okay, Allen Robinson on this site is wide receiver 12. So, even if we go with wide receiver 12, let me give you a list of names and who would you rather have. Ooh, this is good. I like this. Okay. Amari Cooper. Okay. Adam Thielen. DJ Moore. Allen Robinson. And OBJ. Oof. Okay. I love this. This is a really good way. Out of that list, I'd go Thielen, Robinson, Thielen, Robinson, Moore, OBJ. And Cooper's in there, too, but I'm guessing Cooper's at the top. Uh, Actually, no. I, I don't know. Cooper's not at the top. I'd take Thielen over him. I think I could go, I could flip-flop between Cooper and, uh, Cooper and Robinson. I think that, like, it, they're kind of, like opposite ends like i think there's a world where gallup takes i think gallup's really good too and then you have yeah, z and i get a little nervous where it's like fuck like cooper has that feeling where he'll have 25 points in a game or then he'll have 2.5 like um so you know but then you on the flip side you have uh robinson who like you said will just get a shitload of targets because he's by like he's really effing good um and not that the not that the uh, Bears don't have other good wide receivers, but I just feel like there's less competition for targets. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'd flip both of those, but I, yeah, I would keep. I would. I still like. I like feeling a lot this year. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I would flip between. And then OBJ, I just can never go back to because he fucked me so bad. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. We're ride this train to like die. You certainly you won the league, but you definitely died on the OBJ. Oh, I will never. Uh, I hate OBJ. I'm sorry. What about DJ Moore? I honestly, this is the first time I'm looking at this. Gut check says what the fuck. DJ Moore's wide receiver eleven. I get that, like quarterback change and isn't Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. Am I also? Like, it's Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, DJ Moore is good, but. That seems like a gamble. I think DJ Moore could be a wide receiver five, truly. Ooh. If the pop off. Ew. But I think, I think DJ Moore could also be a wide receiver 30, truly. Yeah. Because like, they have another good receiver there, too, Samuel. who's getting a lot of targets. Yeah, I would say, so I had Samuel, so I actually watched more Panthers than I would care to admit. Uh, and I would say, like, Kyle Allen really liked DJ Moore. Like, it was routinely, like, he does get a lot of targets, They've always really liked DJ Moore. They draft like ever since they drafted him. Uh, so yeah, he he's definitely high risk, high reward. Like I guess, how much faith do you have in Terry Terry Bridgewater? Like they yeah. picked up Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah, that's a great point too. Yeah. Uh, so between Teddy, like I don't know if I have. Yeah. I, for me, like, you know, DJ Moore is definitely kind of a stay away for me personally, but I, I don't disagree with you. I think he does have uh, an enormously high uh, ceiling as well, I, depending on how far. I don't know who, the, like, Matt Rule, I don't know what to think of him. I, I can't, like, I, that's another thing. I always think head coach quarterback is always where I start. Uh, and Bridgewater and Matt Rule, it's just, it's a hard stay away for me. Interesting. I don't know any quarterback coaches. That's impressive that you know. No, something. no, no. That's their head coach. Their head coach. Oh, I thought you said quarterback coach. Well, and quarterback like, and head coach. That's where I always. Oh, start. I see. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, um, but transitioning to actually, I have another interesting question for you. Where do you put Rob Gronkowski? Oh, <laughs> 
Fun fact, it's so funny. He, uh, do you remember when Ian M- Ian Kyle got Gronkowski? That was great. I love <laughs> waiver wire pickups of retired players. It's I love. He, he was close. He was close. Oh yeah, no, I don't dis. I, I I think it's great. I love. Uh, I love it. I love the creativity. Uh, no, no thanks for me. I, he'll be. There's just. I think there's more value. There's a ver- like if you're gonna take. I think if you're gonna take flyers on tight ends, there's at least two I can think of right now that I would rather take a flyer on as opposed to Gronk, personally. Uh, but I'm glad he's in the league, and I think if he can just fucking pass block, uh, that'll be enough, honestly. Or pass block and run block. like I think, if, And I think he can do that. So whatever you get in the passing game is just gravy, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, but he can be such a lethal force. He can. As I, a receiver. It's great so that he's in the league. I'm thrilled, but I'm, I'm going to let someone else take that ride. They're, they're, oh my god, their receiving core is going to be insane, though. Yeah. They're going to be fast. They're going to be over the top and big with Mike Evans. And they're going to have, I, I, I really, I, the Bucks are going to be a team to watch this year, I think. Certainly. I, I mean, know they're getting a lot of hype, but holy shit, I don't think people are going to realize it until they see them on the field. Tampa Bay, baby, let's get it. I, uh. Dude, I, they might be, like, spectacular, truly. I, there? Like giving giving Tom Brady a Mike Evans is something people are sleeping on so hard. Like, look what he did. Look what he did with who he did it with last year. Yeah, and, uh, I mean he had that good rookie, but I don't know an Edelman, but Nikhil like, Harry uh, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski combo is just insane. Hey, don't forget OJ Howard, a Gertz fifth rounder. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> A future Dan pick Monte Ball in the first round candidate. I'll tell you that. Gertz gives so much shit for so many picks, like, during draft day. Like, how would you ever draft someone with that kind of value? Oh, that person's going to shit the bed, and then he's got O.J. Howard on his bench. (laughs) Oh, man. I'll never forget that one. That's a... Oh, boy. That that was a good... Those ones kill you, because then it was rumored that he might get more targets later in the season. (laughs) And then then it's like, well, shit, now I have to hold him it's like eventually you just gotta cut the cord. You do. It's just like Corey Davis with Bill all those years ago. Uh, oh, yeah, I drafted him this year. Yeah, I. Uh, year. Okay, well, second uh, number two. Are there? Is there? Or it doesn't. Have, what was the other? What was another overrated? We're coming up on an hour here, so we'll do one more. Uh, yeah, I was just shooting the shit. I was more looking at the the other ones. I think. One here, I kind of wanted to actually just instead of do the overrated, I was just looking at the running backs. Mm, okay. um, and, and same for the running backs this year. I, this year's, I don't know, maybe last year I just started studying earlier so things look normal, but Derrick Henry is RB6. I've always, I have been keen on him forever. He's been good. I knew he was going to be good. I picked him a year too early. Running back six, I, I just am curious. Tannehill and Henry just locked up those huge deals. And I always, my little, my other nugget that I was, would talk about is, I love getting players on their contract year. And okay. what does it do to a player when they sign their big ticket? Are they still hungry? I it, it's it's a valid question. I think it's a good question. I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, I uh, I I'll, I'll say this. I, I don't think you're wrong, Ian. Even if you haven't done a lot of research, like I feel much better drafting 12 this year than I did last year. I think things are a lot more in flux. I don't. I mean, obviously, I think McCaffrey, uh, McCaffrey is about as safe as it gets in uh, 
but that you said you have Zeke Nick and Derek. Chubb is your RB eight. Like, yeah, you I agree. are completely right. Like Nick Chubb is going in the second round. Yep, I this is exactly my point. Like I think that you have McCaffrey, but then you, after McCaffrey, it's like you have Zeke, Saquon, Henry, Kamara. Uh, I don't feel Dalvin. In Dalvin, right? But all all of those guys, I'm not, I don't feel great as good as I did last year. Like Zeke just signed that big contract, so the same logic applies that you had with Henry. Um, and I also subscribe to that theory. I always think like just human incentive. It's really hard when you lock up, you know, when you got fifty million guaranteed or whatever. It's like, do I need to run as hard on this second and nine dive play? You know, uh, exactly. And I I do think those sorts of things matter. And then you have. Saquon and Kamara, who like again, Saquon out of all of them, I think would be my next go because he's such a force. But I mean, you had Saquon. What do you think? The injury mid year was really rough, and he was supposed to come back. It just honestly, I don't trust the Giants as far as I can fucking throw them. Okay. I just I got the um I got the Andrew Luck vibe from Saquon's injury. I really did like to that degree where it was like. Reports are saying, like, he's coming back and all this shit, and he's beating the timeline of this. And then he comes back, and people are like, start him, and then he gets, like, 12 carries. And it's just like, I I just, I don't like an organization that does that, truly. It's kind of like an intangible where I just don't want to deal with that with a fucking player. I I, he, he ran really hard, and he's explosive, but it's like that... I don't know. I was I was not crazy about him. Obviously, he didn't do incredible. He's a great athlete, so his athleticism will take him through a top eight every year. But I just don't want to deal with that bullshit. I hate teams that do that. It makes my fantasy year so much more stressful because all I did was become a researcher on Saquon Barkley's injury, and that's just not really, you know, the Giants just weren't very forthcoming. ESPN was saying he was coming back in two weeks. Um, the timetable from doctors said four weeks. So it's just kind of like, that. that's a big three weeks in fantasy football. Yeah. So I just wasn't a fan. It's brutal. I, I had a similar situation with Dalvin Cook the year before Gertz, so 2018. And it sucks, man. It sucks so much when you are just like, I like you're literally like, I was literally like on the internet searching like, mild hamstring injuries and like what the protocol yes. was like that sh- i listened to the i listened to some doctor's podcast because he broke down the injury it fucking sucks it's like i hate i i am now this far in where i'm trying to become i'm trying to get like a working level like a passing level understanding of muscular truly. it sucks and it sucks and yeah and it was also interesting like you said like he wasn't getting a lot of carries some days and yeah i don't know it Again, like, I'd still personally, I think Saquon's number two for me uh, because he is such a freak and they did invest in their offensive line. But, yeah, it's, man, it is not, it just doesn't feel as locked up as it did last year uh, at the top. And I feel like it's it's a lot more in, you know, and then I've, I've read a lot of stuff of Lamar and Patrick Mahomes going, like, mid to early uh, you know, like in the first round or early second. Lamar team. was the highest rated rusher last year. Yeah, so there's like, and there's a lot more chaos I think in the first round than than last year, uh, which I think will be interesting to see play out. You know. Damn, I really hope we can get together to draft because this is getting me excited already. Like, I know. It, the, the, a brand new fresh board opening up and looking at it is. Oh. It's it's saucy. It feels good. I'm already gonna. I think I'm gonna have to dive into some of this later. I know it. And look, just like 
all the names like Le'Veon Bell, RB19. It's just now that I think our league has been really serious for four years. So now we can really start to connect trends with some of these older players too and have a more of a story. And I know we've been doing this for a while, but I think like a lot of us have been fantasy football addicts now for four years going at least. So yeah, um, a championship matters every every year. Amen, brother. And yeah, I it's so funny you're talking about this and I'm literally like just visualizing us in that era in Scottsdale. The the board is on the window. We're put we're picking stickers like, "Oh my gosh, what a what a thrill that was." It's it was such a That was such a good trip. Uh, Fez running around that pool like Saturday at like 3 in the morning or whatever that was or Friday. Oh my god. I just that was a that was a fucking weekend. It was, and it, yeah, you're so right. Talking about this, it just it just reinforces how much I want to see everyone in literally. I mean, what it what would it be like 40? five weeks, six weeks. Yeah, my gosh, holy shit. Um, okay, well we're we're coming up a, a little over an hour here, Ian. Any other doesn't have to be overrated. Any other fantasy football related stuff you wanted to get off your chest before we adjourn here? I think that's what I got. I I just want to say you know. COVID's here. I think we'll be able to play. Um, soccer's been doing it now for a while, so I hope the NFL just learns from them. But I'm fucking pumped. I want to see everyone. Uh, I miss a lot of people on the East Coast. Uh, so I really hope we can all get together. It would be it would be great. Hey Amen, my man. I, I completely agree. I, uh, I miss it. There's just nothing like draft weekend. There really isn't. Uh, in this whole conversation, my gosh, I, I feel like I'm going to do like three more hours of prep tonight, uh, after this conversation, but yeah, I, I miss all the, uh, all the homies for sure. And I, uh, I can't, and, and can't really quick, them. no preseason this year. Oh, so great. It, great call. This out. will be really fucking interesting. I, I, like we are truly going to be drafting. Like that's why I want to draft even more together. Cause it's literally going to be drafting blind going into oh. the season. Like, I know the preseason doesn't really mean that much, but it's like that, like, opening day, like, I you know what I mean? Agree. just gets the gears going, and now it's going to be like, draft your fucking players, sit down, game one, regular season, kick off Thursday, let's go. Let's do it. And I, I, it is a bummer, though, because I'll miss Bill whenever he would pick someone in, like, the ninth round. And be like, <laughs> I watched his preseason. <laughs> you know what? looking real good. In week three preseason, he had seven receptions, 112 yards. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bill, it was the four-string receiver. It was just a bag boy at the fucking grocery store. <laughs> you got the uh, broken, right? Oh, oh shit, man. that is a oh, I'll miss. I will miss those little tidbits for sure. But uh, well, Bill's Bill's ADP draft was straight up a printoff from ESPN last year. So I'm, I think he's off his game a little bit. I I've never I've never trusted ESPN's ADP rankings. They are atrocious. I feel you, yeah, Bill. Bill, Bill Bill's got to up his game, especially after missing the playoffs last year. It's a, it's a, it's a do it. Yeah, I agree. Well, hey, man, it was the race great. to three, right? The what was that? Three. The race to three. Race to three. You're right. Me and Bill are in the race to three here. I, uh, you know, this is gonna be. I feel like I'm doing my own version of the Last Dance. I wish I had a documentary crew following me. You know, I feel. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, I wish I had someone like looking at me as I'm doing my research and, uh, document. do we do it like our old FIFA drafts where like, once you get to three, like championships, you got to just reset the team. Everything erases. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I don't know what we're going to do, but yeah, it's going to be Bill, Bill and I are in the race to three. But there's also a lot of you, Gertz, uh, Tom. Who else is like... We're hunting for one. We're hunting for one. You Is it you three? I guess Chris at this point. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting things. Or perhaps someone else joins the, the team of two with Bill and I. So yeah, a lot of... We didn't even get into interesting fantasy narratives we have, but... Uh, I know. It's for gonna, another time. It's going to be an exciting year, my man. An exciting year. I hope I hope every day that we have a league, man. It, it's Talking has made me really miss it. And if we can't get together, it's still going to be fun to draft. So, true. Um, Very true. You know, it's never the same now that we do this, but um, looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on for the uh, Season 3 inaugural episode. Yeah, we've been doing it three years. It feels great. Uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Ian. This was absolutely delightful. Uh, I don't have anything else. I hope to see you in six weeks, my man. Thanks for coming on. All right. See you later, brother. Peace.